Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. So earlier this week, while I was um, accidentally, well, I guess it, this was late last week, while I was accidentally reading the chapters for this week, I devised a game for us to play. And that is every time we read a scene in these books between two characters in which they display an extremely toxic relationship dynamic, um, we have to go into our own works of fiction and write an extremely healthy scene uh, between two characters to help improve our own mental health in regards to uh, these kinds of situations. So you say that's a game, but it's not. It's actually a type of therapy, and I've done it already. <laughs> I have too, actually. Uh, I was literally last night, because I've been working on my novel. I actually wrote like over 30,000 words this week, which I'm pretty proud of because, oh my God. So uh, I was working on it, and I and I had to stop to read Eclipse, you know, as you do. And... I was literally like reading it like, oh my God, I wish I could stop reading this so I could go write some better character interactions into my own book. And I'm literally writing- Literally done it. <laughs> I'm literally writing a young adult horror comment, co- comments, horror comedy romance novel. And it's just supposed to be kind of ridiculous and campy. And even then the relationships, the characters exhibit in it are just so much healthier. At least I hope that they come off as being healthier. Man, I can't wait till we release books and people rail us for being such hypocrites. (laughs) I know they're going to read them and be like, actually these two characters are incredibly bad for each other. I can't believe you made them date. And we're going to be like, but in my head, I was building such a healthy relationship dynamic. I made them communicate communicate like yeah well they communicated meanly (laughs) well okay so here's the problem uh by the time we release our books it'll be a few years from now but we're still in 2020 and we're still reading eclipse and i'm emmy and i'm sarah and This week, we're talking about chapters 16 through 21. Um, For the next two weeks, we're going to have six chapters to discuss. Uh, Next week, there's going to be six chapters plus the epilogue. uh, Because this this book, instead of having 24 chapters, has 27. (laughs) Which is torturous, but also like... There was a 17-page chapter this time. It's yeah. like the shortest chapter she's ever had in a book. Was I was good. amazed. And and honestly, like I had said before that Eclipse was like my least favorite book in the series. But I think that's probably going to change because I, as an adult, being able to read it and actually think critically about what's going on in the book. Like I always just saw Eclipse as being the book that ruined Jacob until I realized that like... Jacob, if we're going to treat... Jacob ruined Jacob. Jacob ruined Jacob. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're going to treat these characters as though they have agency, Jacob let himself be ruined. So it's not the book's fault that he acted like a huge ass and has treated Bella so terribly. It's it's his own fault. And we're going to get into some stuff that he did in these chapters that is real not good. Um, and we're also going to get into some stuff that Edward did that was actually okay. 
He's doing better. He's he's doing a lot better this book. So non-existent God bless him. I know, right? Bless his non-existent soul. His bless his non-existent soul. Uh, when we get to that part where they're talking about like how he's like, I want at least one of us to get into heaven or something like that. I literally wanted to vomit while I was reading that. It was so so gross. But, um, needless to say... I actually um, did. I spent the entire time in the bathroom. That's exactly what happened. You spent the entire time just vomiting into the toilet, like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever read. Uh, I mean, it was pretty bad. It's not the worst thing that Stephanie Meyer has ever written. It was pretty stupid thinking about it. And we'll talk about why it's so stupid when we get there. Cause I think I made a note about it. If it, I didn't, I made a mental note about it. So I hated um, it for unusual reasons. Well, not unusual reason. You know what? We'll get there. Yes. We'll, get, we'll there. get there. But first we have to talk, talk about chapter 16. This is, uh, this is when things like the book actually really starts to pick up in chapter 16 which things have kind of been going previously to this but this is the characteristic like oh it's chapter 16 it's time for things to actually be serious now um and we have to talk about what the main plot is the build-up in this book i can't tell if it's better or worse than the previous ones however i do know that like the end game of this book is less incredibly ridiculous than New Moon. Because New Moon was so stupid because it was like, oh, we have an entire book of Bella like growing and becoming friends with these werewolves. And then it was, by the way, go to Italy. It was, it, that was bad. Like, I don't. <laughs> by the way, go to Snowstorm. By the way, go to snor- <laughs> Snowstorm. By the way, go to Snowstorm. I said it correctly that time. So, By the way, I tried <laughs> to say, go to snowstorm. <laughs> um, we put out episode six, seven, 17 today. This is episode 18. Speaking of which, let me check Spotify to see if it's actually like showing up on there yet. Because that's the classic issue with posting uh, these episodes is that I'll post them on RSS and it goes up immediately. But then it takes a little while to show up on uh on spotify it's there i found it i can tweet about it now this is i'm allowed (laughs) this is uh crucial evidence because this is episode 18 that we're recording now and the episode that we just released today is episode 17 so you know that we are actually now completely caught up to the point where we're not releasing episodes like a month from now when we record them they're going up like a week later which is equal parts like stressful but also like good because we can keep our conversation relevant to what's going on right the fuck now i was getting real tired of us having conversations that got posted a month after (laughs) yeah um and when we were talking i mean when we were talking when we literally were recording in June and talking about the Black Lives Matter protests, I don't think that episode came out until July. And so it was kind of like really stupid and a moot point at that point because we were like talking about things that were super, super relevant on June 5th, but we weren't actually posting it until like July 7th or something like that. All right. Check out episode 18, The Broad You've Been Seeing. 
It's episode 17. Episode 17. We're recording episode 18. Um, The broad you haven't been seeing. (laughs) (laughs) No. You just had to make it really uncomfortable, didn't you? (laughs) She's lurking in your windows. I was literally like some like I sometimes when we're recording when we'll say something I think like oh that's definitely gonna be the episode title and I thought of that last week when I was like the broad you've been seeing I was like yeah that's definitely gonna be our our episode title for next week um which is nice because most of the time most of the time our episode titles are just random shit that Emmy says that is completely out of context and makes no sense but you know Hey, it's sometimes you just got to drive with your feet. Sometimes you just got to drive with your feet. It's so funny. I, I absolutely love having our, our episode titles just be like random shit that we've said. Like when we posted our first episode, I, I made it hot and dry because that was so funny when you said it to me. And I remember when I sent it to you that it was like up on Spotify. You you like broke out laughing when you saw that it was called Hot and Dry. And I was like, okay, now the, the stakes are up. I have to make sure that I make the episode titles really funny from now on. And um, I think we've done a good job of making them just like funny random bits. Every once in a while, there's one that there's just not something we can really do much with. Yeah. But most of the time... <laughs> Yeah, like there I think there was an episode that I posted a couple weeks ago that was just like um I think it was called the human debate and cuz yeah. I just like couldn't find a good quote and so I was like, well, we did like talk about that for like 10 minutes. So I can name it the human debate. Um episode 14 was it's the mayonnaise. <laughs> it's the mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found so funny. That was that was something that my husband said in the episode because he was talking about how shit uh, New Moon is, but it's like it's the mayonnaise on a nothing sandwich. So funny. One of, that's probably my favorite uh, episode title. Every time I hear that, I just think about the time my friends stuck mayonnaise under people's car door handles. Why did they do that? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Sarah, talk about the chapter. Okay, okay. <laughs> Alright, so chapter 16 opens with Bella finding that she really doesn't have anything to wear to graduation as most of her nice clothes were stolen. Um, so Alice brings her some new clothes, which uh, I was expecting to be like something like really sultry and like inappropriate, but it wound up just being like a sweater and a skirt. Um, they finally figure out that the person turning all the vampires is after Bella, which is like super obvious. And I forgot that this wasn't where they figure out that it's Victoria. They literally don't figure that out forever. It takes so long for them to be like, it's Victoria. Wait, they don't realize that yet? No. It's literally in a later chapter in this section where Bella's like, hey, what if it's Victoria? And Edward's like, no, I still think it's the Vulturi. I thought that, like, I thought they had already agreed that they that it was probably Victoria, though. He, they concede that it's very likely that it's Victoria, but... Oh, okay. Edward okay. still do, doesn't say that it is. Like, they're... We'll get to it in a, in a little bit, but when they're talking um, to Jacob about, like, the plan and everything, they're like... Edward's like, look, whoever this is, he... And he, like, looks over at Belle and he's like, or she, to kind of, like, give her the little, like, bit that, like, oh, yeah, of course, maybe it's Victoria. 
But, like, they never actually, like, say, oh, it's Victoria. I'm Victoria. Okay, good. Um, you're Amelia. Uh, so Edward, Bella, and Charlie all ride to graduation together with Edward in the back of the cruiser, like the criminal he is. Jessica is weirdly nice to Bella, who can't stop herself from thinking about how everything is ending and this is all goodbye and she isn't going to be human anymore soon. Um, this, so this buildup, which I've said already, is so bad. Like, the buildup to the reveal about everything is just, like, horrendous. I can't handle it. It makes me cringe every time we get to a new, like, what if it's this? I'm just, like... If she pulled a twist, it would actually work. Like, if she, like, came out and, like, so she, like, she red herring us from the beginning and then, like, all of a sudden Edward's, like, no, it's this. And then all the pieces still fall together and Edward's right. Then it would at least be, like, oh, shit. You played me, Smire, but no. 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 And I, I have to wonder if it would feel this obvious if we were reading it for the first time. Well, I said last week that when I was, like, reading this, this is the first time I've read this since, like, I was in middle school. Yeah. I didn't remember, really, what happened. And it was obvious to me. <laughs> and I think what makes it like real is like and to know that it, it it is really obvious is that like you've got these these first three books in the series and you've got like the three rogue vampires from the first book and you dealt with the first one in twilight and then the second one comes back and is dealt with in new moon and it's like you've got to deal with the third one you can't i if stephanie meyer had gone through all of Eclipse and it wasn't Victoria, that would have been fucking stupid. Like you build up the existential threat of Victoria throughout all of New Moon and then it's not her in Eclipse. No, it would, and the only way to do that is if they had taken care of the other two in Twilight and then Victoria's just an afterthought that all of a sudden shows back up in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Then it would work. Because it would just be like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> But because she was built up so much in New Moon, it would have been completely inappropriate. Not inappropriate, but inappropriate in the sense that, like, it wouldn't make any sense if it wasn't her in this book. Accurate. Accurate. Um, Bella points out in this chapter that uh, when Edward and Alice get up on stage, it's, like, super obvious to her that they're not human because of how like weird and graceful they are which is like she describes this all the time about how graceful they are and i'm like they're just walking like i if they're literally like floating through the air there's no physical way that people wouldn't know something was up with them like i literally like she says that she can't believe that she fell for their human facade. And all I can think is like, they used to stare at the wall and speak to no one. It's not a facade. They're they the most stared obvious. at walls, Bella. They were sea urchins. They were sea urchins <laughs> in the cafeteria, planted in plastic chairs, staring silently at walls. Yeah, like we talked about in the first book that Forks was the most oblivious town in America. And like, 
they have to keep winning that award every year that the Collins live there. But the best part is, like, you give them that award. You're like, hey, Forks, guess what? You're the most oblivious town in America. And they're like, oh, why? <laughs> so every year they keep winning it because they still don't realize why they're winning. <laughs> yeah, like, it's still like you're, you're stacking points on top of points. It's a double point weekend here in Forks. Yeah, Liter- they're literally getting their yearly double every single time the person comes through to be like, oh my god, you guys won again! That's so crazy! Oh my god. Uh, I just appreciate the fact that Jessica's being super friendly <laughs> all of a sudden and Bella's just like, yeah, she's being a dumb bitch, but like, I guess she's my dumb bitch right now. Yeah. <laughs> She was, like, it's, like, she was grateful that, like, all of the, like, tension and anger from Jessica had, like, I guess, worn away at this point. And Jessica was just kind of, like, in a graduation haze of just being grateful that they were all there together. Which is fine. It's weird still to me. I mean, I definitely, like... I've told you about my friend who I was very good friends with in elementary school and middle school who then decided that they didn't want to be friends with me anymore when we got into high school. And they took like our entire friend group with them when they abandoned me. So I went into high school with no friends. You remember. I've told you about that. Yes. Um, Well aware. My senior year, um, at the end of the year, they dropped a letter into my, um, I don't know, my little candy envelope. (laughs) At Brigadoon, uh, which was the show that we did my senior year. And they left me a letter because they had tried to talk to me a couple of times throughout the senior year. And they left me a letter saying that, like, they were young and stupid and they really didn't understand what they were doing. And they couldn't believe that they had spent the last four years, like, kind of really ignoring me. And they wished that they could have, like, gotten back to that friendship. And, like, all I could think was, like, I tried to kill myself. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So my sophomore year, my my second year of high school, I had to be hospitalized because I was suicidally depressed. And I'm not saying it was this person's fault. I would never pin my mental health on someone else. But it didn't help that I had no friends because this person um, decided to, like, without talking to me about anything, just decided that they weren't going to be friends with me anymore. And that's fine. You're allowed to dictate who you want to be friends with and all that stuff. But I... This is just an example of someone coming back and being like, I don't want to leave negativity and I don't want to like have all of this end with us like still being on bad terms. So I'm going to be super nice right now. I later sent this person a graduation gift after they graduated from college, like a very personal gift I sent to them and they uh, never thanked me. (laughs) I just want everyone to know that during Sarah's junior year, I was, in fact, her friend, so that means I'm no one. Yeah. Because she wasn't friends with anyone. I wasn't friends with any... That was my sophomore year, so I had no... No, I had friends. I didn't have any friends going into high school, and it definitely set me on a downward spiral to the point where when I did have friends, I was convinced they just kind of hated me. So, like... I mean, I I, did. uh, Yeah, but but we hated each other. It's a mutual 
loving hatred. I felt so bad when Steffi was like on Twitter the other day, like, guys, don't fight. Oh. I was like, no, I promise. We just kind of scream at each other. It's okay. <laughs> that she did say when I messaged her that she was like 90% sure we weren't fighting. But... Yeah, no. Like, we first of all, would never have a real fight on Twitter. Like, if, if I really had a problem with the fact that you told someone I was Canadian, I would have messaged you privately to be like, hey, delete that tweet. Obviously, I don't really care. It was just funny. Um... Second of all, we haven't had an argument since we lived together like three or four years ago. No. We don't argue. It's just, we just kind of, we talk. (laughs) Yeah. If we have problems, we can kind of just work them out. (laughs) Like, I don't think we really end up having problems though. That's the thing is like, we just kind of like, we have old problems and then we just kind of talk them out and then. Yeah. We've definitely had. solved. Had moments, yeah, where we've been like, hey, do you remember when we were mad at each other five years ago? Um, Here was my motivation. And then we're able to, like, talk through them and stuff like that. But it's, we've just been through so much together that at this point we just yell. (laughs) We just yell. (laughs) We just yell at each other about things, especially, like, stupid little things like you telling people that I'm from Canada. (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't say you're from Canada. You said I, said I was Canadian. Canadian. Which part of my family is French Canadian. However, I, I've never... The nev- worst Canadians? I've, I've only ever been to Canada once and it was Niagara Falls. So it's not like... like it made The way you said it made it sound like I had like a crib that we could crash in when she came to Canada. I don't think a crib's going to be big enough. Okay, shut up. You knew what I meant. Oh my god. Anyway, chapter 16, continuing. Um, Bella tells Edward the truth about the baby vampires, and he freaks out. But for once, he reacts rationally to what he's just learned, because an army of vampires is trying to kill his girlfriend. Um, Bella and Charlie go out to dinner, and while Bella waits outside afterward, Edward arrives and apologizes for his previous behavior, even though, honestly, I think he acted fine. Um, Charlie comes out and he and Bella have a heart to heart about how Bella should handle the Jacob situation. And they also talk about how much they hate parties. Um, I thought Edward was fine. Like he, like, obviously, like the thing is he obviously had a very good reason to become instantly upset when he realized that a, he had kind of been lied to, even though she'd only done it because she knew that they had to get through graduation, Like she couldn't, they couldn't tell him before graduation because he would have had a whole panic attack. Um, And so you have a panic attack when you don't have a heartbeat or adrenaline. She talks about him breathing sometimes. So I know I hate it every time she says he could have, he could have like a, I feel like he, they've talked about before that they like breathe out of habit. And I feel like it would be a little comforting to still breathe, but you don't have to. Um, but he actually reacted really calmly. Like, he got really silent and stony, but then he just, like, walked... He, like, was a little curt to Charlie and, like, walked away. But it's not He got like, stoned. He needed yeah. to go have some reefer. Reefer? <laughs> he was in some reefer madness business out there in the... Oh, my uh, God. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> the forests of forks. First, I'm referring to homes as cribs, and now... <laughs> You're talking about reefer madness. <laughs> oh my god, this episode should be called MTV's Cribs and Reefer Madness. This episode's a hot fucking mess. 
This episode is a hot fucking mess, but I'm enjoying it. I have a migraine. I have had a terrible week. Um, I've had know. an awful week. <laughs> <laughs> We're having awful weeks. We're we need awful this. Okay. Weeks. Okay. Bear with us. <laughs> I work retail, so like it's a given. You've had a terrible week because this week has just been terrible for you. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so about that. (laughs) Okay. So uh my note on this section is um I've honestly really hated the way Charlie has acted in most of the book. And he doesn't really apologize, which sucks, because I really want him to apologize for the way that he acted about the Jacob situation. Um, but whatever. Um, but I do like seeing them like be friendly with each other, because this is really the first time this whole book that they've been on decent terms. Yeah. I uh, I appreciate the fact that he supports her punching Jacob. And he's just like, yeah, you should be able to punch somebody in the face if they kiss you and you don't want it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the fact that he then is like, you should forgive him. He's young and stupid. Young and stupid is not an excuse to assault somebody. On also, the- he is one year younger than Jacob, than Bella or two. Oh. Yeah. Like, he's 16 and she's 18. On the other, other hand, I suspect that Charlie really doesn't have any idea what happened. Because, knowing how I am, I never tell somebody the real story if I don't want to deal with... Yeah. The repercussions of them knowing. Because it would be disastrous if Charlie knew exactly how that went down i think and so for him i think that i think bella like as far as he knows jacob basically pecked her on the lips she didn't appreciate it and so she punched him in the face yeah which is a very different uh (laughs) it's still very wrong but it's not as violently not okay as what yeah. he actually did. She later calls it sexual assault. And yes. Jacob is like, ouch, that's harsh or whatever. It's like, well, no. It's what it was. It's what it was. Okay. And I, I appreciate her standing her ground on this. Yes. Um. But yeah, I, this... I, I, I want their relationship to be repaired because we all know how we all feel about Charlie. We we liked him so much in the previous two books. But I, there's no Carlisle's not even rubbing their mustaches together anymore I know. at this point. But and I think and I do understand, like we said in the previous episode, I get where his previous behavior was coming from about the Jacob and Edward situation, but him defending Jacob for assaulting Bella is, is really not okay. And a lot of this comes down to the fact that a lot of people, especially back when this book came out and especially in more conservative communities, expect women to have a level of maturity that they do not expect boys to have. Nope. And it's always boys will be boys. They're young and dumb. Allow it to happen. Yeah. So it's like, Bella needs to have the maturity to forgive Jacob, but Jacob doesn't need to have the maturity to not commit assault, um, which is obviously not right. Like, obviously, we don't agree with that. You, It is up to the assaulter to not commit the assault, you know? We shouldn't be teaching people how to not get raped. We should be teaching people not to fucking rape. Which... I've been pretty good at it so far. 
Uh, my secret technique is not being a real woman for most of my life. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say my secret technique is just not raping people. <laughs> no, my secret technique for not getting raped. <laughs> for not getting raped. I see. I understand. Um, no, my that. secret technique for not raping people is um, being a decent fucking human being that respects <laughs> other people's bodily autonomy. Yeah, I know. And it's like these... God. These people who just, like, do, like, they they take it to the extreme and they're like, what man hasn't had a rapey thought? Most of them. Mm, Most of them have not had a rapey thought. And I don't mean, I don't mean the thought of, like, I want to hold her down and fuck her. Because I was about to say, I've had, I've I've had those thoughts uh, as long as. That's a normal thought. That is a normal thought. As long as those thoughts involve consent. uh, Yeah. (laughs) for the aggression. You are allowed to to have a kink to want to hold someone down and have sex with them. Um, a, don't speak it out loud unless that is also your partner's kink. B, it's important that consent is involved in the holding down and fucking. So if you're going to have that thought, maybe preface it with, I want her to say yes to me holding her down and fucking her. Because guess what? When you take the consent out of it, it suddenly becomes exceedingly less attractive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't. I couldn't even be aroused by someone who either A, is not in the position to give consent, like someone who is so drunk that they're not able to say whether or not they want to have sex with you, or B, is saying actively that they don't want to have sex. <laughs> Like, as a human being, that's a very big turnoff for me. Like, sometimes Brandon is just a little bit too tired to have sex. And I'm like, oh, ew, gross. And I just roll over and go to sleep. Like, why would you want it if somebody... Don't don't rape. Don't, don't rape. rape people. Don't do sexually not. assault people. And do not ever blame someone when they have been assaulted. No part of it is their fault. I don't care and what don't she was tell wearing. don't that they should forgive the assault. Absolutely not. Um, you... And I I know that there are people out there who are like, but I want her to forgive him for her own health. Her own health is not affected by whether or not she lets go of the fact that someone assaulted her. Okay? Yeah. Listen, uh, we need to get rid of this stupid um, holding a grudge is unhealthy ideology. Because guess what? Sometimes people hurt you and you're right to stay angry at them. Yes. Stay mad. And that is completely justified. (laughs) Drink some water. Okay? And maybe take a nap. But stay mad. I, I as long support as it doesn't you absorb your life. Mad. Yes. I don't want your life to be consumed by this. But I never want you to feel like you have to let go of something someone has done to you. I'm clearly still upset by the person who decided they didn't want to be friends with me 10 years ago. So, I mean. <laughs> I'm still upset by the twin that decided they just wanted to crawl inside my belly while we were both <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> the moral of the story is stay mad. Stay chapter, mad. Hashtag, hashtag stay, stay mad. mad. All right. Chapter 17. So it's party time at Club Cullen. And uh, everyone is invited except for the wolves. And they show up anyways because fuck you. Um, but before they can show up, Alice starts having a vision of the new board threat. Uh, and that results in Bella being super on edge when Jacob decides to stroll on in with the big pupper gang. Um, and he proceeds to be overly basically anything bad. 
overly cocky, uh, dismissive, douchey. He pouts until he she pouts. stops being mean to him because he's like upset. When she put, she was like, when I punched you, that was me uninviting you. And he was like, oh, come on, Bells. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, because Bella keeps trying to insist that like, oh, the bell, the Jacob I love is still in there somewhere. As far as I'm concerned, that Jacob is fucking dead. Stop dead trying to gone. resurrect him. So he gives her a bracelet as a graduation gift uh, with this really nice wolf he carved on it as like a little uh, charm. Um, and she actually does accept that. But then when he figures out that Bella isn't telling him something, he brings in the entire gang to corner her, which then causes her to bring in Alice, which then brings in Jasper. Um, and they have a little mini confrontation. Uh, and ultimately, the Wolfers find out about Alice's vision because of this and agree to help. Um, two really big things. Uh, number one, do not fucking bring in your group of dudes to help corner a small helpless woman that is so powerless against you that she literally broke her hand without causing you any bodily harm. Yeah. That is fucking awful and terrifying. She literally stands up. Like, even in a situation where a woman is just by herself with three larger men, she's fucked. But in this situation, Bella is literally like a bug beneath their feet. Okay? It is so fucked up what he does to her in this chapter. Absolutely unforgivable. And number two, as someone that has anxiety uh, regarding things like parties and social situations and all this, I'm really, really fucking tired of everyone forcing their shit on Bella. Mm -hmm. Really tired of it. Because, like, if I was Bella... I would definitely be lashing out at people at this point Yeah. with the amount of times that they're just like, you're just going to do what makes everyone else happy around you, okay? And I'm not going to lie, most of this is just Alice. And I think that's the saddest part for me because she even later later in this section, she's talking about the wedding. Yeah. And, she ba- and that pissed me off so much. I was like, I cannot handle this anymore. And I don't understand how I still had such this wonderful opinion of Alice in my head after all these years, now reading this, I'm like, Alice has literally no respect for Bella. I think you blocked out most of this book. I had to have. I had to have. Because, like, this book is what makes Edward, like, redeemable. And it ruins almost everybody else. I mean, not everybody. But, like, Alice is, like, it's like we said last uh, episode. Alice has been just destroyed this book. And it pisses me off so much. I'm sorry. Smire. Yeah. But also, these are the dumbest people I've ever fucking met in my life. Yeah, absolutely. We, when Jacob says that they'll help them fight the, the, the newborns, uh, Jasper's like, we never considered working together. And I'm like, you're all fucking idiots. Oh yeah. You've already collaborated. You've already exchanged some information. 
You literally have a pack of vampire-killing monsters that live next door and very specifically want to slaughter vampires and are invested in protecting the community where a bunch of vampires are about to come to attack and you didn't ever think, hey, maybe we should ask for their help slaughtering these vampires. <laughs> it is honestly some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Um, and I'm surprised Bella isn't the one who suggested it, but she's like so over concerned with the breakability of the werewolves because she clearly just doesn't understand that like they were built to kill vampires. Like they literally exist purely to kill vampires. And so I'm, I'm surprised that she didn't suggest it, but also not surprised because she like, doesn't seem to think that they belong in this situation at all. Do you really think the thing you punched this dude in human form and broke your hand number yeah. one number two their claws and fangs can literally rip apart these beings made of stone do you really think they're as breakable as you seem to believe they are it's so stupid it's she just i think it's because since the vampires were the first thing that she knew and she knows how unbreakable the vampires are she like gets the imp it's like she can't get that out of her head and think that like the vampires can be broken by these werewolves and the like i don't understand why she doesn't understand that after laurent was murdered by the werewolves in the previous book and i get that that was like four werewolves against one vampire but still it's like come on you book gotta one, know unbreakable book two broken hearted book three breaking bitches book four breaking dawn <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so that's the end of chapter 17 that is chapter 18 what happened in chapter 18 sarah i apologize i heard a noise <laughs> those happen a lot I it's know. weird i know um it's there's these waves in the air uh they bounce off of particles and they transmit vibrations into your ears no Okay. Okay. So chapter 18, <laughs> Edward drives Bella home after the party, at the end of which all of the Cullens were happy and calm because of Jacob's battle plans. Bella insists on going with Edward to the vampire werewolf meeting that night, even threatening to call Jacob if Edward doesn't want to take her. Um, then Edward tries to comfort Bella, but she's still convinced everyone is going to die by fighting Victoria. I... Um, my only comment on this scene was that there is a non-zero chance of a fight between the werewolves and vampires in this chapter. So I can understand Edward not wanting to take Bella to the I, uh, I feel like at this point, I need to see a parody of the interactions between the Cullens and the werewolves and just the Cullens, like, theorizing and making plans for things because... It's just comedically bad how yeah. dumb they are. And so, like, I can't... It's to the point where I can't even take it seriously anymore. And I need to see it done as a joke. I need to see it played as a joke that they're this stupid. They always talk about them having very quiet, very fast conversations. But then we never see any evidence of them actually having planned anything during those quiet and fast conversations. And it's like, what are they saying? My what is going part on? Is, wait, hold on. Have we gotten there yet? 
I can't remember if are we at the point where where Alice had to babysit yet? No, we're not. We're no, not. we're not there yet. Hold on. That's a few okay. chapters from now. Okay. Because yeah, I'm gonna come back to that that yeah point when we get there. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is really dumb. I'm not gonna lie, it is really dumb. Um, also Bella, like pulling Jacob out of her pocket, like she's going to call him to come get her is really shitty to say to her boyfriend, considering her boyfriend is still traumatized by the fact that this guy sexually assaulted her. Like if Bella isn't upset about it anymore, we know that Edward is. Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't be so okay it is entirely up to a victim to decide how they are going to handle uh what happened to them but if i were the partner of a victim and that victim then decided to tell me that they were going to use uh their victimizer against me in some way uh that would be really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially because like we know how personally Edward takes it because he couldn't be there to stop it from happening. So he's probably already feeling really upset about what happened and the fact that, you know, he has to relive the image of it happening in his head. And now and as far as he knows, as far as he knew up to this point, Bella is still very mad at Jacob about what happened. But then all of a sudden now she's like, if you don't take me there, I'm going to call Jacob to take me there. It's like, I feel bad for Edward. I really do. And and I again, you're right. It is definitely up to the victim to decide how they want to deal with the person who assaulted them. But like... I, Using them as a weapon it, against your significant... Because like, we can't... Once you're in a relationship with somebody, you can't pretend that the damage done to you doesn't affect them in some way either Yeah, because you're not going to be able to, unless you're a terrible fucking heartless person you're not going to be able to watch your significant other get hurt in some way and not be hurt as well yeah. by seeing them that way and so then to weaponize that is just super fucking manipulative and disgusting and also the fact that like edward like i said edward is right like, if, the, if, if a fight breaks out, Bella will be dead on the ground because there's not going to be any stopping, especially because probably Jasper would, like, kill her if he went into a rage while they were fighting. Like I think her only saving grace would be both Jacob and Edward's first priority would likely be getting her and getting her out. Yes, I agree. But I just, like, I don't... It sucks because now we're seeing, like... Edward actually like improving and being a good person and then you have to watch as Bella is like I don't know I, I have they have a few good interactions throughout this section of the book um that I did appreciate and I make notes on later um but that moment was just like really gross to me yeah um so they have the meeting in the same clearing where they played baseball the year before Bella points out that the head of the newborn army is likely Victoria Um, But Edward disregards it as he still thinks it's the Volturi for some reason. After talking through it a bit, because he like talks out loud about it, um, he concludes it's possible it's Victoria, but he's not entirely sold because he doesn't think that she like has it. Like he he doesn't think that she could have done the organizing. 
of this. But he, she, but Bella even points out that Edward lost track of Victoria in Texas when he was trying to track her. And all of the like vampire army stuff took place in the South. She also is the one that has consistently evaded capture and showed good tactical planning. So I'm not sure it's a good idea to underestimate her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the pack arrives, uh, now 10 werewolves instead of six, and Edward translates for them because they don't want to be in their human forms. The vampires do some demonstration fights that are honestly, like, really cringy to read. I was, like, reading them, and I was just like, this is the worst action writing I've ever read in my I entire st- life. I still don't actually know what happened. <laughs> like, it was, like, they were talking about them, like, flitting back and forth, and, like, Jasper was, like, getting behind and going in front of Alice and stuff, and it was just, like, whatever. Um, and the pack sniffs the vampires to familiarize themselves with their scents. Bella gives Wolf Jacob some scritches and he licks her face. So, uh, number one, lick made me super fucking uncomfortable because I was like, okay, obviously there's nothing weird about that if a dog licks your face. Uh, but given that it's Jacob and he's already assaulted her. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I is... I don't like the fact that he licked her face. So, if a dog licks your face, what would you call that? What would you say a they're kiss. giving you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're giving That's why you I'm just like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah. Um, I'm also convinced that the only reason Sam didn't decide to just overwhelm the Cullens and kill them with sheer numbers at this point in the book is because he's like, well, shit, if we kill them, then we're going to have to deal with all these incoming vampires ourselves. Because they're the perfect point to just be like, well, there's a lot more of us. I wouldn't say it's perfect because you also, they do say later that the two youngest werewolves are only 13. Yeah. So like... In theory, they have the wolves, but the little 13-year-olds aren't going to be much for a fight. Seth is also only 15. So, like, I I don't think that they're going to have the stomach to really, like, handle a vampire fight. And you also have to consider that Jasper is a way better fighter. Digesting that stone is going to really fuck him up. Shut up. up. I mean, like, emotionally digest it. Um, But you also have to remember that Jasper's a really good fighter and Emmett is... fucking huge so and alice not being able to predict their movements definitely adds to their advantage but edward can read their minds so i think that there it would be a an almost unfair fight on the side of the cullens because they're much more united and experienced but you know i i do get what you're saying i what the thing is the the werewolves hasn't haven't exactly shown a lot of uh, intelligent discretion in, in yeah, this regard. You're, that's you're that's right, more my right. thought process. They'd probably just be like, "There's a lot of us. Let's go kill them." And then the next day yeah. on the news, it's like, "Quilate youth devastated, <laughs> fucking smashed." Because they're all like, all the teenage boys on the reservation are fucking dead. Um. So Jacob and the Vamps, uh, which wouldn't be a great van- band name. Wait. What? Does it count as drinking human blood if they kill the werewolves and drink their blood? I don't know. I don't know. We talked about last episode that they should just be stealing blood from a hospital, but what if they just circumvent the rules by drinking the blood of werewolves? They he- the werewolves heal they really fast. They smell terrible. Oh, they smell terrible. I wonder how their blood tastes. Do you think it tastes like ass? Okay, um... 
Pauls. Okay. Here's a cut point because this is actually a uh, a plot point in my book that I'm writing. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be a vampire that uses a werewolf. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Um, As a source. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Okay. What time is that? That's around like what like 49 minutes okay i'll remember that brandon just came home all right um so jacob and the vamps make a plan to hide bella on the day of the battle which involves jacob taking bella to a place to cover her trail jacob is super weird and gross about holding bella uncomfortably close and jasper considers using bella as bait and the fact that Jasper's, like, offhand comment about using Bella as bait changes the rest of the plot of this book so much is both bad and good plot building. Because <laughs> it shows how one small thing can really change the course of an entire journey. But it also is just, like, I, I wish that this had been more impactful because, like... He was just kind of like, well, she could be bait. And Edward was like, no. And Jasper was well, okay. like. Okay, hold on. Here's the thing. He didn't even say it. The thought crossed his mind yeah. and Edward got pissed off. And I'm like, dude, you can't get angry at somebody for having a thought. Yeah. It's just like that TikTok where the girl was like pretending to be Edward. And he like heard the thought of a woman being like, oh, Edward is so handsome. And Edward like whips out his journal and is like, day 10 of a whore thinking terrible <laughs> thoughts about me. Slute. And it's like, Edward, you are reading their innermost thoughts. We can't always control the random shit that comes up in our brains. But that I'm is so the end. I'm so tired <laughs> of all these slutes getting their pussies wet over me. That's the end of chapter 18. Ch- chapter 19. Bella wakes from her fitful sleep. In the late afternoon, has a grand breakfast of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I hope they were strawberry. <laughs> um, she and Ed end up discussing the details of the plan uh, and what they learned from the pack thoughts. Because Ed just got to see all all up in that wolf head. Oh, yeah. Um, so it turns out that Jacob is actually the second in command now. And just didn't tell anyone and was also forced to hide the fact that the wolf pack gained four new wolves, including Leah. And Leah is making everyone fucking miserable uh, because she keeps reminding them all of shit they don't want to think about on purpose. Hell yeah. So she's just like, hey, remember that fact that Embry turned into a werewolf, but like... The only way for Embry to be part of this line of, uh, uh, this this bloodline is if one of the dads of the other wolves cheated on their mom and fucked his mom. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a thing. And uh, also the fact that, you know, she is, there's a Brandon creeping up. Oh, my God. Stop. Oh, and Sarah's getting assassinated. No, Sarah is getting assassinated no. mid-recording. Um, Alright, it looks like he has her by the throat and under the arm. He's doing a pretty good job. Brandon! Oh, she got the belt. We're I good, did. folks. Oh, nope, now he has a hanger. Now he has a hanger. No, stop! 
abortion. He's prodding her. He is prodding her. Take the cat and go. Listeners, I'm so sorry. Get your pussy out of here. (laughs) That's not getting cut out. I'm the one who edits the episodes, bitch. Um. No, no. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So Leah is also the one that Sam left for her cousin. So, you know, like they have to deal with her thinking about that too. And all the uh, animosity going on. And also Um, probably thinking a lot about Sam's dick. Just his Oh my god, I would do that out of like, I would do that just out of spite. Yeah. Oh my God, that just made me think. Can you imagine how many times they've just gotten stuck on uh, being forced to like watch replays in each other's heads of times they've had sex? Yeah, except I think Sam and Emily are the only ones currently fucking. Maybe like Quill and his girlfriend or whatever. Okay, but like. No, no, no. Quill is the one who imprinted on the two year old. Embry. Everyone in the pack has probably seen Sam fucking Emily at this point. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you just think about it. Like, I'm thinking about the last time I had sex with Brandon right now because we're talking about this. Wow, that would be weird. Yeah. Luckily, you don't have to see it. They know. They know. What she feels like. (laughs) Oh, stop! Gross. Just continue with the description of the chapter. Damn. So, Bella convinces Ed to stay with her instead of fight. Um, And because Edward had said before, they could probably afford to lose a fighter. And that leads to a wonderful conversation about compromise in a relationship. Uh, and then they go to training camp day two and Bella cuddles with Wolf Jake. So here's the thing. Uh, Bella's methodology here, once again, is kind of manipulative and Mm -hmm. I don't like the way she goes for it at all. And she even acknowledges that what she's doing is fucking terrible, but she's going to do it because she wants to keep Ed out of the fight or be where he is, period. Edward even makes Um, the statement that, like, Bella chose two options that she could live with, and he chose out of those two. Oh, were you going to read that? Were you going to read that part out of the book? Bella says, he says, you're my first priority. And she says, I didn't mean it that way. Like, you have to choose me over your family. And he says, I know that. Besides, that's not what you asked. You gave me two alternatives that you could live with, and I chose the one that I could live with. That's how compromise is supposed to work. Look at Ed over here being yeah. a good partner. And I think it's okay. And I don't want to say it's okay. I think that her saying that she was being manipulative is good because she's acknowledging that she did something that was not okay. But then I think in the end, if Edward can understand why she feels like she has to act that way because of her insecurities and her fears and her very intense, you know, worry about what's going to happen to him during the fight and he can understand that he would feel exactly the same way, then 
I don't think it's going to lead to a bad outcome or necessarily bad habits as long as she can acknowledge that she shouldn't be doing that again. Um, Because I know I've definitely said some manipulative stuff before and I've had to call myself out or be called out on what I've said. And it's a matter of like, we got to the point we needed to. I did something wrong. I know I'm not going to do it again. Um, And we can move forward with this. As long as Why are we... you a terrible person, Sarah? Why am I a terrible person? Why are you a terrible person? So you've never that said so anything manipulative. You've never said anything manipulative before? Oh no, I have. I used <laughs> to be an awful person. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um I'm saying I think this was a good and healthy conversation for them to have. Um, and it sucked kind of the way she went about it but i also think that in the moment like it was kind of a split second decision where she just like didn't really know what else she could do to communicate with him that she felt very strongly about the fact that she didn't want him to be in the fight but she also was basically like you're not in the fight or i am in the fight which is stupid give me a broadsword i got this shit yeah cuts her own hand off but granted, Edward does point out that in he he could very well make it impossible for Bella to even be anywhere near the fight because he the Jacob wouldn't want her there. So, you know, he's not like he's not going to let any of the wolves take her there. And Sam wouldn't want her there either because she's just a liability or is going to get herself killed. So, like her compromise really doesn't make any sense. Like she's not going to be able to follow up on her end of the deal because nobody is going to go against Edward in the Cullen family to get Bella to be in the clearing and the wolves aren't going to do it either. But he's still- Imagine if Jasper did though. Jasper wouldn't do it. But no. Okay. But like, think of the actual interesting story that would be if ja- if she worked with Jasper to get into the clearing because she liked that plan and Jasper was like I think it's tactically the right decision which is true except Alice wouldn't go along with it because she wouldn't do that to Edward and if Alice isn't going along with it Jasper's not going along with it I do think it would be interesting I just don't think it would ever happen imagine imagine um <laughs> But then, but I like that even though Edward basically has the high ground, like she can't do anything about her end of this quote unquote compromise. He understands that it means enough to her to try to do this and try to like, she's basically trying to force his hand to get him to understand how important this is to her. And I like that his reaction is not to just be like, I can't believe you would try to do that. And for him to instead be like, oh no, this is really important to her. So I need to see what I can do to make sure that I'm listening and participating. This motherfucking thought. Yeah. Okay. But Jake, wolf Jake and Bella together is wholesome as fuck. And if Jake just stayed as a wolf for basically the entirety of this book through the rest of the series, I don't think I would ever have had a problem with their interactions. He's like, you like me better as a wolf. And Bella's like, yeah, it's because you can't talk, which is true. And then he's like, no, it's because you're attracted to me. No, motherfucker. He, she just told you. Actually, I'm a lesbian. Actually, I'm gay. That's why I'm with Edward. This little twink. (laughs) 
I called him a twink early on in book one, and I was like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm being mean to gay people. And it's like, no, I'm not being mean to gay people. I'm not even being mean to Edward. I'm just pointing out the fact that he is a skinny twink. And Emmett's a bear. And Emmett is a bear. (laughs) All right, chapter 20. Oh my God. Imagine if not only Ed hadn't wanted Rosalie, but she drug Emmett all the way back, (laughs) and then Emmett fell in love with Ed. Rosalie's wrath would have known no bounds. Hell hath no fury like a woman whose boyfriend fell in love with another man who also didn't like her. Oh my god. That's it. Get in the bank vault. I'm putting on my wedding dress again. Oh my god. So chapter 20, Bella heads out to the Cullens place for her little romantic getaway with Edward um, because at the end of the last chapter, Alice came over and was like Bella needs to come and hang out. Oh yes she does. She was (laughs) shut up. She was like oh my god my whole family's going out of town and I'm gonna be all by myself. Can you like can Bella come and stay with me? But then Edward comes over and he's like well since I'm not fighting I don't need to go hunting with everybody else. I'm just gonna stay back while they go hunting with you. And so Bella is going to go stay with Edward for the night. Um, And she reveals while they're like going out there and she's just like talking about like packing her clothes. She reveals that she's come to terms with becoming a vampire. Um, She basically says she's willing to give up just about everything to become a vampire. But she will fuck Edward while she's still human. Like, that is her one thing that she does not want to miss out on while she's I respect that. I know. I'm like, I want to get it in while I'm still... I already did, obviously. But, like, I would would feel exactly the same way. And it's totally cool. And I like that she's being honest and open about the fact that she wants some fuck before she becomes a vampire. Be a sleut. Good sleut. (laughs) When she starts to talk to Edward about it, she simply cannot bring herself to insist he dick her down. And it's actually pretty fucking hilarious. It's like she's literally like all I want is you and he's like yeah I'm yours oh my god she's <laughs> so fucking he's an anime protagonist yeah. in this moment he literally is like I don't know what you're talking about until she starts to unbutton his shirt anyway uh, she tries to get busy but he stops her and she admits that it kind of makes her feel unsexy like she finally is like I this whole time every time you reject me it makes me feel like you don't want me it's not just that he stops her it's he stops her and rebuttons his buttons and then she literally rips the button off the shirt <laughs> trying to pull it back open <laughs> It's so bad. And like, I know that we're kind of laughing about her pushing him into having sex when he doesn't want to, but it's not quite the same. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but let me finish my summary. Um, they make out a bunch and then Edward says that they can fuck when they get married. And Bella's like, oh, uh, fine. Bella, de- <laughs> Bella deduces that Edward is trying to wait until marriage to fuck because he's trying to follow the rules and protect his slash their virtue, which is just funny as fuck um edward says he wants bella to have a shot at getting into heaven and she's just like let's never die which is honestly not a terrible line and i found it to be pretty funny because he's like look when we both go out i want like you to be able to get into heaven and she's like oh let's just like never die (laughs) 
like um we could just not die i mean they're about to how be... are we gonna do that we're literally immortal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um they talk about what kind of wedding they're gonna have and edward shows bella her ring which once belonged to his mother he then gets up and formally proposes to her and he says yes and my note on this was I'm a little conflicted on their argument here. Edward has every right to dictate when he has sex with Bella and Bella shouldn't feel pressured into marriage. However, Edward doesn't want to have sex with her because he's afraid of killing her. (laughs) And while Bella is afraid of marrying Edward because of small town gossip. And so like the whole like Bella trying to pressure Edward into sex thing, he wants to fuck. Like he wants to do the fuck. It's just... He can't because he's afraid he's going to, like, break her spine with his dick. So, like, I can understand where he's coming from. And I can also, I will also say I can separate it from, like, a usual teenager trying to pressure their partner into sex. Because she's just like, I'll be fine. I'll die for the dick. I'll die for the dick. And she does say at some point, she's like, I don't think you could kill me. Like, I don't, like, I don't think, I think you would be able to stop yourself from killing me if, like, because you love me so much and are so good to me. Um, And then Bella's reason for not wanting to marry Edward is really stupid. Like, I'm not, like, a stan for the institution of marriage. I am obviously married, so, like, I approve of marriage. And it's not, but it's not like I'm, like, you have to get married if you want to, like, have a successful relationship. I am neither of those things. But. I'm just, like, (laughs) Ed, it's been a hundred something years, dude. We're past this, you gotta be married to have sex thing. Come on. Yeah. Whose virtue? What virtue? What virtue, Ed? What virtue? And she even says, like, I don't want to go to heaven if, you, if you're if you still damned to hell. Like, that's so stupid. I mean, I thought the same thing so many times. I'm like, I'm not going... I don't know. Like, it, it, I, but what if there's an afterlife, I don't want to wind up in an afterlife that Brandon's not in. He's my best friend. I love him so much. I don't oh, want to be... That's where we differ. I definitely want to end up where you're not. <laughs> oh, you want to be where I'm not? Good. <laughs> We never have to speak again. Stop. You're going to upset Steffi. By the time we're done with this podcast. <laughs> okay. But here's the biggest thing that I don't get is doesn't the implication of se- danger just make sex better? It, yeah. <laughs> so what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I actually really enjoyed this chapter. I thought it was really cute how he like, he makes out with her a bunch <laughs> he makes out with her a bunch and he gets her like all hot and bothered and he's like no we're not doing this right now but i will fuck you if you marry me and she's like what like we i was having fun like (laughs) he's literally like no sex only marriage like after like literally like making out with her and stuff and like making i will use your lust against you harlot <laughs> he literally yeah he's like well yeah he even says that he's like i mean the fact that you want to fuck so much is just gonna mean that you're gonna marry me that much faster and she's like god damn it <laughs> evil temptress it was so funny I, and the reason that i find it to be funny is because bella wants to spend the rest of eternity with edward so just marry him who cares like everybody that you know it, it, who would be gossiping about you is gonna be dead in like the blink of an eye considering you are living an immortal life like 
it's fine. Just do it. No, you love you can, him. You can take care of it yourself. You can eat them. Yes. Just go eat them. You can show them. Um, I pointed out that it was very sweet of Edward to suggest that they get married in Vegas with Bella wearing jeans because he knows that would be comfortable for her. But you um, know who doesn't appreciate God! that? <laughs> Alice Cullen. Alice Cullen, who comes in in the next chapter and immediately starts shit with Bella and Edward. And is like, Bella, if you love me, let me plan your wedding. Uh, and then basically just guilts her into allowing Alice to plan it. Oh, fuck, um, that. fuck that. Yeah. Ed, uh, Ed takes her into the woods to leave a scent trail. And in typical Bella fashion, she decides to bleed all over the damn place. Yeah. Um, cuts her hand. It's just like, hold on, <laughs> let me just rub this wound all over nature for a few minutes. <laughs> gotta leave some blood behind for the newbies. Um, I like the idea that she did it just to impress Jasper. Yeah. Just to be like, Jasper's going to love how hardcore I am. Uh, like she's squeezing Confederacy. her blood uh, So uh, Jake meets them to grab Bella and yet again spends the entire time acting like a douche while he's carrying her up this mountain. Um, basically, as as you said earlier, saying that she thinks he's hot. Uh, and she's basically lying about her feelings to try and pretend she doesn't care about him too. Offers to kiss her, uh, to give her a different experience from Edward so that she can make a good decision. And, uh, yeah, it's bad. Uh, he does admit that the only reason he's not the alpha, because by blood he should be, he is the by right would be the next chief um but he's not because sam offered him the responsibility and he was just like no i don't want it um but they make up the mountain and ed is super nice to jake about bringing bella and jake's a dick about it yeah um okay so i'm really torn on this atlas thing I and saw here's your why. note and I have thoughts. So, normally, <clears throat> I would say that saying you're doing something that somebody doesn't want you to do because they're going to appreciate it later is a bad thing. Alice sees the future and says that Bella is going to appreciate this shit later and that's why she's doing it. And so, if in fact Alice has seen the future and knows that Bella ends up appreciating the things that Alice is dragging her through right now, I'm actually not nearly as upset with her about it because in the end she's doing what Bella wants. But at the same time, I don't know that she has. Yeah. And the thing is like Alice can only a can only see so far into the future uh, when it comes to other people. Um, so we don't know if she's actually looked far enough into the future that Bella will appreciate it. Second of all, I don't care what you've seen in the future. Um, Bella doesn't want it right now. So stop pressuring her into it. You are making her unhappy and uncomfortable. Um, also, if she hasn't looked into the future, and so she's just assuming that Bella is going to thank her later. She Sounds terrible. hated the graduation party. And nothing tragic happened at the graduation party, but she hated it. 
Um, and the last party that Alice threw almost killed Bella because yeah. she went way over the fucking top and there was shit everywhere. Like if the, she, so in the movie, um, she gets thrown into a glass table. Understandable. In the book, she gets thrown into a giant stack of glass plates that Alice had put next to the cake. Which is completely unnecessary considering Bella is the only person who was going to eat any of the cake. Alice needs to stop. She needs to stop. She needs to stop. She needs to Alice. respect Bella's feelings because she doesn't want to party. Calm down. Calm down, Alice. And what pisses me off the most about it is that Edward's like, you don't, he's like, goes to Bella and he's like, you don't want to talk about it to her. You don't want to, you don't, please don't get into it. And Alice is like, no, it's a girl thing. Let me talk to her about it. And Bella's like, um, okay. And so then she like bitches at her about it until Bella's, Bella's like, I literally hate you because she's like, she knows she can't just like get out of it. Because if she, like, tries to escape, Alice is going to know. And she's going to, like, I don't know. It, all of this comes down to, once again, everybody in the book being physically stronger than Bella. And Bella not being able to do anything about it. Because she's not going to start a fight between Alice and Edward over the stupid wedding. So Alice is going to get what she wants just because she can. But then later, when Bella goes inside and she's, like, all upset about it, uh, Edward, like, whispers in her ear. He's like, Vegas. Like, don't worry. I will just take you to Vegas. It's fine. But Alice is like, no! I'm doing the wedding! Poor Bella. And I hate it. Because, like, at least... But I do appreciate that at least Edward is like, don't worry. Like, I don't want this either. We're gonna go to... And Alice even tries to pull the fact that, like, Edward wants to do this the more traditional way. But he'll never tell you because he wants you to be happy. Hey, guess what? That's what you do in a relationship. You compromise. Exactly. Especially when you're in a situation where there are two sides and one side has a way easier time of conceding to the other side. Just do it. It's, it is fine. Especially if it's not something that's the most important thing in the world to you. And at this point, I believe that the most important thing in the world to Edward is just being with Bella. So if he's like, I would like to have a traditional wedding, but it makes Bella very, very uncomfortable to have A, that much attention and B, go to large events like that. So I will compromise without even having to have the discussion that we'll just go to Vegas and do a quick wedding with like one other person and you can wear jeans because he knows that's what she wants and he knows that will make her super comfortable and it's not going to bother him that much. And they'll go do peyote in the, in the desert and yeah, you know, have sex out there with the cactuses. They are also immortal. So if later Edward is like, Hey, I would really like to have some kind of like formal wedding ceremony with like dress and suit and tie. And blood. Blood wedding. No. No, not blood wedding. Just dress, suit, tie. Then they have plenty of time to do that. Blood colored (laughs) dress, suit, and tie. Edward even brings up the idea that after Alice bitches so much that Bella's like, oh my God, I guess so. Edward is like, we'll still keep it small. We can just get Emmett to officiate it. And Bella's like, okay, like, I guess that would be fun. It's just like, it's like Edward is like actively trying to make these compromises for Bella to make sure that she is comfortable with this situation. And Alice is just being a cunt. (laughs) 
I'd let Emmett officiate my wedding. I, mean. I would love to let Emmett. I so let me a little personal story. Um, the person who officiated my wedding was an old boss of mine from when I worked at a bookstore. He's one of the funniest people I have ever met. He is very entertaining and he has a very deep voice. He got officiated under the Universal Life Church and his the spe- he took a speech from off from online. He didn't like write his own thing to say or anything and it's all like we gather here today under the eyes of the universe to join <laughs> these two in a cosmic union. <laughs> And he, God bless him, he kept himself from laughing the entire time. But he was like, you could see it in his face when he would say certain things. It would be like, as Carl Sagan once said. (laughs) (laughs) And he would just make this face at me like, did you hear that I just quoted Carl Sagan? Look, look, guys, uh, I'm an atheist. Uh, pretty pretty staunchly non-religious person but i think if somebody quoted carl sagan when they were officiating my wedding i might just rip my dress off and walk out (laughs) it was so fucking funny i loved it so much it was really hard not to laugh because brandon was like this is so bad brandon was like crying because he was happy and i like i cried i didn't cry too much because i had spent a lot of time on my makeup but brandon's like crying and i'm like trying not to laugh at the stupid speech but that's kind of a panic response for me as well like when i'm feeling like really like oh my god i laugh i once had my life threatened at my place of work and I literally just started laughing hysterically to the point that I was crying. <laughs> and my manager was like, Sarah, do you need me to go sit down? I was like, yeah, I think so. So when I heard a quote from Carl Sagan during my wedding ceremony, I I restrained myself, but I almost laughed so hard. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I loved it so much. But just, like I'm that's just <laughs> Brendan Urie singing I'm Carl Sagan in space going through my brain. <laughs> it was just like that's what it reminded me of when they were talking about Emmett officiating the wedding was my boss quoting Carl Sagan. Oh my god. Like Oh my god, so Emmett good. quoting Carl Sagan would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. So uh, my big takeaway from this is that if Jake digs this hole that he's been digging any further, he will literally run out of dirt to lie in. Yeah. He needs to stop. I mean, and it's like that we're at the point now where he could not do any more terrible stuff. And I would still just be like, no, fuck you. But he continues to do the terrible stuff. And the next part is going to have one of the worst moments in the whole book. And I don't know if you remember. It does. It does. He doesn't. He doesn't like kiss her or anything, but you, so you don't remember. I'm not going to ruin it for you. No, don't. I won't. So you can just be Fuck. mad. I wonder if you're going to be as infuriated as I am. You will be. There's no way you won't be. But yeah, he does something real bad. I think it's literally the next chapter because it's before any of the action starts. But there's action in these books. Sometimes, occasionally, but I think that's the end of this section of the book. And that, I think, will conclude episode 18. Do you want to talk about our feelings? We haven't made a very long episode yet. I feel like we could really afford to fill out the space. 
Um, I mean, we've gone for an hour and 21 minutes. I feel like we really need some more on here. Do you want to talk? Um, do you want to talk about your your deepest, darkest secrets for our, for our listeners? I don't have deep, dark secrets. Well, this is disappointing. It's, I mean, you know it's true. I mean, and the thing is, it's not that I don't have any secrets. It's just that I am an open book. So it's not like I can say something that it's going to be like, oh, I've never told anyone that before. If you ask me a question, I'll answer it. It doesn't matter what it's about. So Okay. I will tell them one of my deepest, darkest okay, secrets. Okay, go then. ahead. I'm trans. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I'm adopted. What? No, you're not. <laughs> am I? Am I adopted? Why would you think that? <laughs> okay. Are you referencing Easy A? <laughs> yeah, we could, we referenced it a couple episodes ago. Actually, it might have been last episode. That, ep- that part in Easy A, when the son is like, "I know I'm adopted," and the dad who's facing away turns back and he's like, "What?" <laughs> oh my god. Oh my God. Okay, so um, next week, well, yeah, next week once this releases, two weeks for us, next week for you all, uh, will be the end of Eclipse. And then we're going to have to do Breaking Dawn. Do you want to, like, <laughs> do you want to do, like, a, a, a switch up and do Midnight Sun before we do Breaking Dawn? <laughs> we'll see how I feel at the end of Eclipse but probably not. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, we'll do, next week we'll do uh, the last five, six chapters and the epilogue seven. of the book. <laughs> seven. chapter. It's chapter, it's 22. It's six chapters in an epilogue. It's six chapters in an epilogue. And then the next week, I don't know if we're going to do the same thing we did last time where we rounded up the book and then did a movie episode, but we probably will. I think that was a pretty good format for what we did. And I think Brandon is going to come back for the movie episode um, if he can sit through <laughs> Eclipse. <laughs> um, but, you know, if he stops assaulting me while I'm trying to record, that would really help our situation. Um, last week and this week, we spoke a lot on sexual assault. So in the um, disclaimer for last week, I put a trigger warning for sexual assault. I'll probably do the same thing in this episode. Um, But what I did not do in the last episode was say that if you or someone you know has been the victim of sexual assault, please, if you're in the United States, call the sexual assault hotline at 1-800-656-4673 or the Rape Crisis Network Europe at uh, 440-141-331-4180. That's the longest phone number I've ever had to read. I am so unfamiliar with the phone number formats um, in Europe. Please know that you are not alone and you do not have to suffer in silence whether or not your dad is cheering on the person who assaulted you or if nobody takes you seriously. And if anyone tells you to forgive the person who assaulted you, you can contact us and I will come find them and I will beat them. Hashtag stay mad. Hashtag. Hashtag stay mad. Hashtag stay mad. Uh, hashtag um, fuck that. Um, follow us on Twitter at 2020TwilightPod. M is at men of... Men. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> at M of many names. Um, 
I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Uh, shoot us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod, or the link is in our Twitter bio. Come over on Twitter, interact with us, send us a tweet when you're listening. Uh, shoot us a message. Our messages are always open. If you want to DM us or if you want to ask us questions, give us suggestions, feedback, if you think that something we said was wrong or something we said was fucking right, um, please hit us up. We want to hear from you. Oh, if we get enough questions, we could do a Q&A episode. That would be so fun. I would love to do a Q&A episode. So we might at some point have to, like, maybe before we do Breaking Dawn as, like, a little interlude, we can... We would like, have to actually get enough questions to do it. Though. Well, I mean, we could put out, like, a little uh, tweet and be like, hey, do you have any questions for us that we could answer on a Q&A episode? Um, and if we don't get enough questions, then we'll just cry instead. And we will. Uh, we're both big criers. We so, are. Uh, we, I cry. Live with that day. on your conscience. <laughs> yeah. Live with that on your conscience. Uh, all right. All right. Um, I think that's it. Are you? Are you... It's been a bad one. Uh, <laughs> have a good week. Bye. <laughs>